Exodus 20:17. This is the word of God. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your law and for your work of grace in Jesus Christ to us. Fill us with your spirit, we pray this morning. Help us to hear your word and to apply it. And prepare us, Lord, to remember your sacrifice for us. And we do pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Well, over the last uh, five weeks or so, Rodney has been sharing on uh, Christian materialism. And uh, this is how we view material things in a balanced and a biblical way. And it's been very helpful. And one of the uh, main parts that he shared was, uh, and he brought up several times, was the issue of property rights. Property rights, which is covered in the Tenth Commandment. In the Shorter Catechism, it states, states this, the Tenth Commandment requires full contentment with our own condition, with a right and charitable frame of spirit toward our neighbor and all that he has. Full contentment and thankfulness that our neighbor has uh, what he has by the grace of God. So we're content we should be content with the property we have from God and thankful for what others have. Uh, I looked up in the dictionary, uh, in several dictionaries, what covet means. And, you know, most people assume, well, I know what that means, but uh, it, it basically meant to crave or to envy the property of another. You crave something, you envy something because they have that and you don't, and you're dissatisfied. And uh, so we tend to compare ourselves with uh, our, our situation what, with what other people have, with their possessions. And mankind, of course, has a long history of being covetous. Uh, Adam and Eve coveted and took what God had not given or allowed. And so now coveting <clears throat> is built into us because of sin. And this is uh, often an inward desire. It may not necessarily be seen or visible to other people, but at its heart, covetousness is dissatisfaction with the Lord. In uh, Luke 12, it says, Take heed... And beware of all covetousness, for a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And yet often, especially in our country, we do think it consists in the abundance of our possessions. And it, but as Christians, we are told to be very alert here. It says, take heed and beware of covetousness. We should be aware that this is our bent. This is what we do and what we, uh, we do as sinners. Now, this commandment really shows the depth of our depravity, I believe and how twisted we are, how prone we are to the breaking of God's law. Coveting things makes our heart, just makes it colder uh, toward God and, and our desire for God uh, when we should be hungering and thirsting for righteousness, which is the one, if you want to desire something uh, a lot, then hunger and thirst after righteousness. That we are called to do and given the grace to do. Now, I, I made up my own definition of contentment. I believe it's thankfulness for what we have by God's sovereign grace. God is good to us, and he has given us great things, great material things, certainly in this country. And this thankfulness and contentment is what we're called to as believers and what we're enabled to live. We're enabled to live that way by the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. In Hebrews 13, it says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And so if we covet, basically, we are not believing this promise. The Lord of the universe promised to be always with us and for us. And if we believe that and act on it, we will covet less and less. 
In Romans 7, Paul said uh, earlier in his walk with the Lord, he said, I would not have known sin except through the law. For I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said, you shall not covet. But later in his life, he said in Philippians 4, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. So the law was used certainly by the Lord in his conversion and our conversion, and also as a continual reminder of his calling to uh, do away with covetousness. Now Paul uh, later said uh, he gave up all that made him secure and all that he counted on. And, and later on he said, I counted it as rubbish compared to knowing Jesus Christ. And I think, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking of many of our persecuted brethren. And uh, the more we read about them, many of them are stripped of everything they have. They don't have very many possessions. And uh, they still struggle with covetousness like we all do. But many of them have come to see what is truly needful. And uh, for many of them, uh, when they have lost everything uh, and someone asks them, what do you want? I mean, often they ask, first thing I want is prayer. But secondly, what they want physically is they want a Bible. And here we have uh, how many Bibles each of us in our homes. And I, I always think of the Voice of the Martyr uh, conference Sherry and I went to, and we saw a small clip of, uh, I believe it's Chinese Christians, might, might have been Vietnamese, but uh, they heard that uh, a box of Bibles were coming in and they gathered in this little room and um, the expectation, I mean, they could hardly stop from tearing this box apart, I think. And uh, finally, when they were passed out, they just wept. They... It just moved me. I, I, I don't, I want to be like, more like they are. And they have come to realize, I believe, like Mary, uh, Martha's sister, that one thing is needful, and you can live without a lot of things. We can live without a lot of things and not be possessed by our possessions and be blessed by not having our heart uh, wrapped up in things. Not that things are necessarily sinful. Uh, you can, it's okay to improve your situation. In Proverbs 10, it says, he who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. And also, he who gathers little by little makes it grow. But as redeemed people, uh, by the grace of God, growing more and more into the image of the Lord and, and being sanctified by the work of the Holy Spirit, we must set our, thing, our, our eyes on things above and confess covetousness, which is idolatry. Now, our major media is all about creating uh, coveting hearts, right? Uh, they, they want us to desire what other people have. And it's not right that we don't have everything that they have. Uh, even some in our government. Uh, promote coveting, essentially, by urging whole groups or classes of people who, uh, to want what other, other groups have. And it's not right. It's my right to have these things. And in fact, they aid them in that, which is, is terrible. But we, brothers and sisters, cannot serve God and mammon. And so the question, uh, which is good for us, I believe, to ask as we come to the table of the Lord, is, is my heart right now, is, am I content in the Lord? Is my security in His promises? And we need to think about what we have in Christ and what we possess in Him and only because of Him. And this uh, weekly communion uh, gets, tends to get our eyes off what we want and causes us to be thankful for everything that we have, anything that we have at all. And more than that, uh, that we have in Christ and because of His sacrifice, we have the redemption of our souls, we have a relationship with the Lord of life, we have an eternal home, we have His precious and very great promises, and we have fellowship with others regenerated uh, by the Holy Spirit. In other words, we have the Lord 
and we know his grace. Pray. Lord, give us hearts that long for you and hunger and thirst for righteousness and fill our hearts with a love for you which keeps us from covetousness. Open our eyes to see the ways that we are coveting and give us grace to repent. And we pray for contented hearts filled with your spirit. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice, your broken body for us, your blood shed for us, and your death on the cross, which liberated us from bondage to sin and now enables us to live by faith. And we praise you for all these things and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.